Well, it may seem unusual for us to have in our church as a feast day on a Sunday the dedication of a church that is so far away in Rome, um, at first, especially a church that was dedicated um, so long ago, as I said, November the 9th in, in the year 324. But there's a reason why the church keeps this as a feast day. It's unusual that it falls on a Sunday, because it doesn't happen every year, of course. It's always, always kept on November the 9th. So today is a Sunday, so that's why we're celebrating it today. Next year will be a Monday, so you won't celebrate it on Sunday. But um, there is, uh, when you enter into the Church of St. John Lateran, this is what you see over the doorway. Um, Most Holy Lateran Church of all the churches in the city and the world, the mother and the head. So this is called the, the mother church for all of the churches of the whole world. This church was the residence of the popes for ages, okay? You know, we say that we, we think the pope has lived in St. Peter's in Rome for ages, but that's only been for the last 500 years, okay? That's not very long, is it, 500 years? We think it's a long time, but it isn't. Our church's been around for 2,000 years, so before the popes moved there, like in the 15th century, okay, to occur in St. Peter's, that's when St. Peter's was built, when Columbus discovered America, okay? So um, that was a new church then, Basilica. Popes were living at uh, St. John Lateran, starting like in the 3rd century, and they lived there for centuries and centuries and centuries and centuries. So it's a very, very ancient church. It's been buffeted and battered by all kinds of storms and fires and earthquakes. It's been built and rebuilt all kinds of times. Current church that we have there right now is built in the 16th century. But within it are all kinds of fascinating relics. For instance, the wooden altar on which St. Peter celebrated Mass while he was in Rome is believed to be beneath uh, and within the main altar at St. John Lateran. Also, too, one time, the heads of Peter and Paul were said to be inside the busts above the main altar as well. Behind the um, part of the table, which was the, said to be the Last Supper, was celebrated, is behind the bronze depiction of the Last Supper at St. John Lateran. One time as well, the basilica contained the holy stairs on which Jesus is said to have walked up to the house of Pontius Pilate. Now those stairs are across the street from St. John Lateran. If you go up to the Lateran Palace, if you go to Rome today, you will see people uh, walking on their knees, okay, up these stairs Um, It's very, very moving, okay? How did all these things get to Rome, you might be wondering, okay? Well, St. Helena, that was Constantine's mother. She went to Jerusalem. She's the one who discovered the true cross, remember? And uh, so she brought all these artifacts back to Rome, and they've been there ever since, safekeeping. So you see, the church is is filled with all kinds of fascinating relics. It's got a fascinating history, fascinating story. It's all part of the feast today. So 
the church is, we celebrate today the dedication, the anniversary, the dedication of this great church. And I think, secondly, this feast also gives us an opportunity for us to reflect upon the sacred spaces and the churches of our own lives as well. Because churches play a very, very important part for us in our faith journeys in our lives. You know, we say that the church is the people, yes, but we're a sacramental people. And so buildings, in a very real way, and down through the ages, buildings, the buildings themselves, convey to us, the building conveys the presence of God. And so what I'd like to talk about tonight are just some of the different ways our church building, building conveys this presence of God. Tonight in our scripture readings that spoke about um, the temple. So that's the first thing I want to say. The first image that we have is that our church is a temple of God. That image of the temple of God ran all through all three readings that we had tonight. The first reading from Ezekiel spoke about the temple. The second reading spoke about the temple. The gospel reading spoke about the temple. The temple is the dwelling place of God, was in the Old Testament. When you read through the Psalms, so many of the Psalms speak about the people singing these songs, these Psalms that were, they were singing on their way to the, to the temple. The, the Psalms also speak about the glory of the temple as well. So in, within the temple itself, there was always something called the Holy of Holies, contained the Ark of the Covenant. That's where the, that was really believed to be where the presence of God was. People always believed God dwelled in the Holy of Holies. We carry on this tradition in our church as well. We believe God is present in our church. Where? We believe God is present in the tabernacle. Okay? Christ is present in the Eucharist there as well. When we renovate our church here shortly, um, what we're going to do is we're going to place the tabernacle within our church. It's going to be really right on the back wall here. And it's going to be a two-sided tabernacle. Have the tabernacle on this side here, and right behind us is going to be a newly constructed Blessed Sacrament Chapel in which the tabernacle will also be present in that chapel as well. Always in the temple, there was also an altar. And on the altar, there was always the sacrifices that took place, sacrifices of animals. And in our church, we too always have an altar as well. And the sacrifice that takes place in our temple, of course, now shortly will be the sacrifice of the Mass, where the passion... Christ's death is reenacted on this very altar. In the temples, the priests were the ones who performed the sacrifice. I'm a priest. And when I, I, when I, I come, I, I wear priestly garments. I, I, I no longer wear my street clothes. And I, I, I'm, I become the mediator between God. That's what a priest is. He's the mediator between God and man, God and humans. So I'm, I'm continuing this long tradition 
that we have that goes all the way back to the most ancient of times. Our church building is a new temple. It really is. We heard in that Old Testament reading today from Ezekiel. Ezekiel talked about how from the temple, new life flowed from that temple as water flowed out of the temple and this wonderful new life sprouted up wherever that water flowed. That's a beautiful image as, as we too pour out, so to speak, out of these doors here. We too pray, we pray that we too can bring new life into the world as we go forth from here. We too are called to be like Ezekiel. We too are called to be prophets, bringing God's presence, God's life into the world as we go forth. So this church is a living temple, the presence of God. The second image of a church. A church is meant to be the new Jerusalem. In the book of Revelation, the author has a vision of the heavenly Jerusalem coming down into the earth, this new perfect city. And he speaks about it in Revelation as the the streets, he says there, are, are paved with gold. That's where we get that image of the streets being paved with gold. That's where we get the image that we call the pearly gates. comes from Revelation. Okay? And these walls that are jeweled. Okay? So you get there from Revelation a, a picture of the world to come. What it's going to be like. And that's what we hope what happens when you come to church. You get an image of, of the world to come. Sometimes when you go into some of the great churches, um, you, get, you see pictures of these mosaics, great mosaics sometimes in what's called the apse of the church. Beautiful mosaics. And you'll see Christ coming at the end time. Okay, pictures of the end, of the world to come. Sometimes in the church too, you'll see um, the, the heavens that are painted in the ceiling, very, very dark. Maybe when we redo our church here, we can paint our cupola dark blue. We can put stars up there, okay? Speaking about the world to come. Something to think about, maybe. All the great cathedrals of Europe, okay? They got these wonderful, wonderful stained glass windows. The whole idea of that is to give you that idea of the, of the jeweled walls of the heavenly Jerusalem. Vatican II said a church building should be filled with signs and symbols of heavenly realities. He said the church is supposed to be a new Jerusalem. The third image I want to talk about is the church is meant to be a symbol of Noah's ark. We're a boat. We're a boat here. You know, when there was lots of sin in the world, God wanted to save the world. And so he had Noah, he had Noah build this ark. And on this ark, there were all these different, you know, animals that came, and, and then God saved the world. And the floodwaters receded, they went back into the world again, and the world came to life once again. And if you think about it, that story is still going on again today in our own time. Because there's still... Lots of 
sin in the world today. You turn on the news, you go home tonight, you'll see all these terrible things that are happening all over the world. But here's the good news. God has, so to speak, sent a rescue operation like he did in Noah's time. And it's going on here right now. So to speak, we are Noah's Ark right here. We are. We are. God has rescued us. He has rescued us right here. The part of the church that you are seated in here right now is called the nave. That's what this is called, the nave. Nave comes from the Latin word navis, navis, which means boat. So you're in the boat right now. You're seated in the boat. You know, and a lot of times the waters are rough, okay? The waters are rough, okay, and turbulent, okay? But stay in the boat. Stay in the boat. Stay in the boat, and you'll get to safe harbor, okay? And when you leave here, when you leave here tonight, you go out into the world, and you bring God's good word, God's good word. So you are in Noah's Ark here in our church. Finally, the last image, the last image of our church is that it is the mystical body of Christ. In every church building, over here we have our baptismal font. Many of you here were baptized right here at this font. You were anointed. You were anointed with the holy oil. Just as Christ was anointed, priest, prophet, and king, so too, each and every single one of you were anointed. And then you come to this church here. You come to this church here to be fed tonight by the body of Christ, by the body and blood of Christ. Christ, you are, you are being nurtured. You are being fed by Christ himself, by the body of Christ. He is taking care of you in this life. Christ is feeding you. He's feeding you for all that you have to do in, the, in your life. And then, okay, when we all someday, we hope it's a long time from now, long time from now for all of us, but when we get to the very, very end of our lives, we get brought back to this church at the end of life. And then, so to speak, we're born from this church once again. This church is like a womb. It's a womb. And we're born out of this church, and we're born and we're commended to God in heaven. As I said, this church is the body, is the body of Christ. So we have great reverence for our churches, great love for our churches, great respect for our churches because it's a sacrament, because it's the mystical body of Christ. Not every church maybe fully has all of these images, but it's very, very sacred space. It's a very sacred space. So it's wonderful that tonight we have this beautiful feast of St. John Lateran to celebrate, to help us appreciate the gift of our church. May we all be filled with zeal for the house of God, 
And may our church always be a place of welcome for those who are seeking God's face when they come here.